This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. From the corporate office to the cab of a truck, they're here to inspire and empower women in all professions. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to Women Road Warriors. We're a show designed to empower and inspire women in trucking, in the trades, and everywhere. We cover all kinds of topics, even the tough ones. I'm Shelly, and... I'm Kathy. Sometimes life takes turns in the road that are hard to handle. Setbacks can be tough, and it can be hard to recover from them. Today, we have a humor and business expert and comedian, Jan McGinnis. She teaches people how to handle, recover, and avoid missteps in the future. Her keynote speech to audiences is bouncing back, handling setbacks with humor and resiliency. It's based on her book, Convention Comedian, Stories and Wisdom from Two Decades of Chicken Dinners and Comedy Clubs. I bet there are a ton of great stories in there. We're looking forward to her insight and her wisdom on how to handle life's curveballs. Welcome, Jan. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Hi, you guys. Thanks so much for having Hi. me. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. This is and, and you talk about road warriors, truckers, but man, comedians do do a lot of driving too. So I'm there with you. <laughs> I bet you've traveled some miles. <laughs> yes, not as much as you guys, but, but a good amount. Yeah, for sure. You've got quite the background and, and you're a, a warrior too, a woman warrior. Uh, being a comedian, they're not a lot of female comedians. No, there's more now than there was, but, um, you know, I started, gosh, 27 years ago before, uh, before all the cool stuff like XM radio and things like that on the road. So I was, you know, traveling around with my little cassette deck and driving, uh, 50,000 miles a year, uh, hitting comedy clubs when I started wow. out. That's gotta be exhausting. Do you think the millennials even know what a cassette deck is? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Sadly, my car that I have now, I, I don't drive that much anymore, and it, it still has one in it. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm great. shocked. Cassette, cassette. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, we, I traveled to all the comedy clubs and, and felt like I always used to see the truckers and think, you know, the only difference is we get to the hotel. Comedians have to go on stage then. <laughs> the truck drivers yeah. get to hang out in the room. We, we, dro we drove a lot, man. I drove a lot. So. Wow. Every state but Alaska. How do you do that? How do you, how do you prep for comedy? Um, and how did you get into comedy? Oh, how did I, well, I start, you know, I always wanted to be a comedian. Um, when I was, I think I was about 10 years old. I told my parents when I turned 16, I'm going to, I lived in Virginia. I grew up in the DC area. And uh, I said, when I turn 16, I'm going to buy a motorcycle, ride cross country to Los Angeles and become a comedian. <laughs> You go, girl. Oh, wow. Yeah, my parents didn't quite agree with that one, so I didn't. Um, I went on to uh, uh, graduate from high school, went to Virginia Tech, and I remember the night, uh, graduation night, we had the nice dinner at a restaurant, and I was looking around at my parents, and I was thinking, you know, now is not the time to tell them I want to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> they, they put a little money into this. So I went into uh, marketing for about uh, 10 or 12 years and just always had that nagging thing you know you have that thing you mm -hmm. just want to do and yeah. got tried a couple got up at an open mic finally got the nerve up and had a great show and was hired um and started uh, that night and i could feel wow uh, my i i had uh, this epiphany i could feel life changing that night and i thought this is what i'm gonna do so i kept my day job for a couple more years while i worked comedy clubs at night driving up and down the east coast mostly uh, and that, that was tough. It got to, you know, I remember driving by my office at three in the morning thinking I got to go to bed and be there in five hours. Mm, so, oh yeah. yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. And finally, I just, uh, I just thought I gotta, it's, it's go time. I either have to, you know, let go of comedy cause I just can't keep this pace up uh, or I have to try it full time. And so I jumped in and here I am 25 years later. <laughs> Bravo to you. Were you scared in the beginning? I have to say, people always wonder, you know, how did you walk away from benefits and job? And I think I was so excited about what I was going to, I wasn't paying attention to what I was leaving. And that's, that is what I think you have to be with your, with whatever you get involved with. Don't think so much about what you're leaving and all the, the things that are great there. Think, get excited about where you're going. I mean, I remember the, the, my last day in the office, I left the office 
was so excited. I ran a stop sign, got a ticket. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm a comedian. Yay. <laughs> then I realized I just got like a hundred dollar ticket and my, my income had just dropped drastically. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. So, you yeah. know what? You're right about that. Because I mean, even myself, I just moved. Uh, I left everything I own um, to come here to Malibu, to California, to kind of work on my screenplay and work on my writing and bring my, my whole career to a whole new level. But if you want change, you literally have to be willing to detach yourself from everything and just follow your heart, follow your dream. You, right. you have yeah. to, because otherwise, if you're going to sit there thinking, oh, what if this, what if that, or oh, if you think of all the, the bad negative possibilities that are out there, you'll never do anything. You'll, you'll right. never move. Right. You're right. And, so and I just, I left everything two weeks ago and I just put really? three suitcases. <laughs> I'm staying at my friend's house. Like I'm 52, right. I should, I should be in the, in the comfort of my own home that I bought, but I'm like, no, no, life is too short. I'm going to do something drastic. And yeah. Follow my instinct, follow my gut, my dreams, and here I am. Good for you because too many people, um, and I'm not telling people to quit their job and <laughs> go off and do if you you gotta oh, yeah. be excited about it. you gotta be yeah. so excited and not think about it. I, yeah. I remember there was a woman that started the open mics and comedy with me back in DC, and we got together every Monday to write and we'd always talk about how we're quitting our day jobs and we're gonna go forward and do this and blah mm. blah blah. Well, uh, after a couple of years she kind of faded away and I did all these hard bar gigs and all this stuff that's really uh um soul crushing <laughs> it was very hard but uh, uh she kind of faded out of the comedy scene and moved away and years later i ran into her in in another state where she was living and we went out for drinks and after a couple of drinks i said you know why did you quit comedy i said you you had the same start i did you were getting booked for some gigs you were um you were, we were talking about leaving your job and without missing a beat she said because i saw what happened to you <laughs> She oh saw God. the hard job. She saw the hard bar gigs and the things I was doing. And I said, yeah, but they're behind me now. Now it's all, it's fun. It's I'm doing yeah. corporate stuff and I'm doing keynotes and that yeah. is over, but she couldn't stop looking at the hard stuff and what was, what might happen to her. Mm. And there's so many people on like that on the fence oh, yeah. that, you know, sit there and go, well, I want to do this, but they can't let go of what they mm -hmm. have. They put obstacles in the way, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's all in your brain. You know, if you, if you throw it all, you don't know where this path is going to lead. I, I didn't even know what the word keynote speaker was when I started comedy. I mean, and, and my path is taken out. I didn't know I would be good at writing, but I ended up getting writing uh, freelance for like the tonight show monologues and selling That's jokes. Cool. And, nice. I, my path has been so fun and weird and you just have to be open to, um, I think not having a tunnel vision either, you know, Kathy, if you, look yeah. you, you may say this i'm gonna get this this play done or this whatever it is but keep look your eyes out to what other things could possibly uh happen that might oh this might be kind of interesting oh the, you know the corporate stuff i i didn't know about that until i right before i was leaving my day job and I, we had a, an event and i hired the capital steps in which are a singing uh fun comedy yeah. troupe yeah. in yeah. dc i hired them for this event and I watched him at this event, this corporate event, and I was doing comedy clubs, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, there might be a market. And I was telling comedians, well, I think there's a market for like, you know, corporate entertainment. And they were like, no, 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 there's just Christmas parties. And I kept saying, no, no, I think there's more. And I didn't know there was no big internet. We had, you know, dial up AOL back then. There wasn't a lot of that out there. Sure. But I just kind of had in my head, there's something else out there. So, so be open to what, what, it might not fit exactly what you first thought of when you left, you know, your day job or whatever, but be open to what, what might happen and jump on it. So how are you able to be, how did you learn to be funny every day? I mean, that's gotta be tough. I mean, like, you know, sometimes you got a bad day and you're like, I just don't feel like telling a joke, you know? Yeah. You know, um, one thing comedians we've all talked about on stage, when you get on stage, it kind of everything goes away. You can be sick. You you could be, uh, you know, I've gotten on stage not feeling well and and right after run up to the bathroom to throw up. I mean, <laughs> uh, literally because you mm. you're in this zone where you're you're having fun. And sure. I don't look at it as I have to be funny. Um, I can't you know, if I get on stage in a comedy club, I can't make you laugh uh, if you're in a bad mood or you're angry or something. You know, I can 
you got to be in the right frame of mind to to accept the humor. Sure. But I I just I don't know. Um, I don't wake up and tell jokes to everyone. That would be those people are annoying. <laughs> The ones that are always on, aren't they annoying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the ever-ready rabbit. Ah. Yeah. In, in fact, I've had friends go, "Wow, you you aren't always on, and um, but you're fun to be around and everything." But but you don't sit there and go, "I'm a comedian, and I got to prove it every single day." No, you know, um, I don't I, I don't feel like it's a something I have to be on for all the time. You know, you you chose a field that was pre predominantly male. Um, mm -hmm. The women in driving, I think it's up to 10% now in, in the trucking industry, women drivers, uh, they deal with a lot of men. Um, mm -hmm. Was that intimidating? And did you have to prove yourself? It's like, yes, I'm a woman, but hear me roar, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And, and again, we're talking, you know, 25 years ago. So yeah, there were very few women. In fact, um, very few comedy clubs would put two women together on a show because it would be called a women's show and it might um turn off anyone you know guys that don't want that want to come out but i had a nice compliment once uh the comedy castle in detroit uh royal oak michigan mark ridley great guy and he put me on i don't know if you've heard of the comedian kathleen madigan yeah uh, very famous she and i worked together there and i remember seeing that we're both on the bill together and i thought for weeks he's gonna he's gonna cancel me i know he is because he's gonna realize his mistake he's put two women it happens all the time we got there, we had a great shows. And afterwards I said, Mark, you know, thank you for not canceling me. And he said, you and Kathleen are, are great comedians. You're not doing these women-y things where you're gonna bash guys. And he goes, it was a good show. I don't, you know, it wasn't a women's per se show where you're just gonna talk about your period and <laughs> all that. He said, you're good comedians. Um, so that was very, that was very encouraging. Uh, I, sure it was, a, was a lot of guys. I mean, uh, um, I, I have to say, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with them. I had, there were a few, um, that sure if, if, um, you know, I could maybe be sitting around, uh, from the millions in the lawsuit, um, on a drinking a Mai Tai on a beach somewhere, <laughs> if I had, uh, pursued, you know, going after some people, but for the most part, uh, I didn't have a lot of problems. And uh, the guys that were jerks to me were jerks to other guys, you know, the guy comedians, um, so I, I could say, hey, so-and-so is, a, is a, a jerk, and he'd say, oh, yeah, he is. So it wasn't, they weren't being jerks just because I was a woman. Um, but what I did get, um, aside from the two women on the show, uh, was if I have a bad show, it's like I'm having a bad show for every woman comic out there. You know, everyone then turned, oh, I knew women are, were terrible. Um, I, I've walked up to on a couple occasions and one time in particular, I walked up and people were standing around the outside looking at the um, pictures and one and one of the people goes, oh, great. It's a women comedian tonight. It's going to be awful because mm. they think we're really mm. dirty and stuff. And I was right behind her. I said, hey, we're not that bad. And she turned around and was, oh, like really embarrassed. And I had a phenomenal show and I can't see anything from the stage, but I knew where she was sitting. So every time I had the hit joke hit, I look in her direction. You know? Good for <laughs> you. I couldn't see her, but but I just embarrassed her. But I've had that, and I had a group uh, come up to me once afterwards and say we have to apologize because when we it was a different group, um, and they said when we heard a woman on the con on the show tonight, we all looked at each other and said this is going to suck, and you were great. Um, so it was very nice because I didn't know they. But there was a, this kind of a stigma, you know, women are maybe dirtier, they're not as funny, they're going to all talk yeah. about their period or their whatever. Uh, and there's that stigma that you have to um, kind of get over. And sure. And if, you you, know, if you're, you know, if you're funny, you're funny. And, and I think when you hear my act after 30 seconds, you're like, okay, she's not gonna, she's not gonna go there and bash people and whatnot. Right. You know, I think there's a stigma in all the uh, many, many um, career paths, even in heavy equipment operating. Um, a lot of men think, oh, my God, a woman, you know, here she is, in, you know, come to come into man's world operating equipment. She does. She won't know what the heck she's doing. Stay kitchen and, you know, yeah, like that. But I tell you right now that um, it is a known fact that women are better drivers and operators than men. <laughs> and, and <that's, laughs> we can multitask, true. baby. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 So we're, we're genetically that... engineered to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we rock. Come on, right? Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? I And I don't know if this is in the trucking industry. I had more issues with women bookers and women club owners. Now, with that said, there are some great ones out there that I've worked with and I 
so I don't want to make this a blanket statement, but there are far fewer uh, women club owners and or bookers. And and I had more I, a higher percentage of a problem with the, some of them as far as not booking me, not giving me uh, moving me up to you know feature and headline that sort of stuff than I ever had with them, with the guys. The guys were just pretty straightforward. You want a headline? Here's what you need to do. Women were more like, well, I'll decide when you headline, you know, things like that. And just mm-hmm. weird, weird um, stuff. I had a woman booker once say to me, um, she, I was working, it was a two-person show, and I was working with this guy. Uh, um, he was a magician or something like that. And she said, well, it was a bar gig type of thing. She said, don't put your drink down around him, uh, if you know what I mean. I'm like, really, you're booking this guy and I got to watch my drink. He's going to slip something. I mean, that, that was the craziness. And you're like, you're a woman. Why would you do this? You know, exactly. so I had yeah. that sort of stuff a uh, little bit to deal with. But again, uh, overall, not not bad at all. Not as you know, not tons of incident incidences. You know, I think sometimes women don't always play well with each other. Mm hmm. You know, and and I don't know if it's because um, until recent years they they weren't involved with team sports as much. I I don't know. There yes. seems to be this rivalry, and we're working against each other. It's kind of like, <laughs> come on, people. You know? I, I I agree. And, or sometimes it's and it, maybe it's also in the business world. I had that a little bit, and I, I feel like it was women going, "Well, I got here by myself. You get here by yourself." You know, and guys have more of the at least back when I was in the the business world, uh, more of a good old boys network uh, that can yeah. help each other. Um, right. But but I think uh, overall, you know, I, a good experience. Um, the guys at the comics were great for the most part, and the club owners uh, were were good to me, and um, and I and I was able to prove myself. I, I like I said, I have a little pressure, feeling like if I have a bad show, I have a bad show for every woman out there. Um, but once you you once you do well too, you get a lot of respect, and people are like, um, okay, she's good, she's funny, you know, we'll, sure. we'll leave her alone and, and book her more. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. That had to have been a thrill when you finally got to the level where The Tonight Show used some of your material. How cool is that? I got to sell. Yeah, uh, back uh, way back when. Okay, this is how old it is. Uh, uh, Leno had a fax machine. And uh, you could fax in material. And uh, and I was writing, I've also written for uh, a lot of radio stations. I used to write for a radio prep service. For years, I'd send, uh, wrote uh, 15 jokes for hundreds of stations. Um, and I and it would be fun because you'd be driving around the country and you'd hear a DJ doing one of my jokes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, or, or a friend of mine called me out here in LA a few years ago and she's like, I heard the funniest top 10 list on the radio. And I said, you want me to read it to you? It's on my computer. <laughs> that was fun. And so Leno, but years ago, Leno had this uh, fax machine and, and you could get the fax call and get to his assistant, get the fax number if you're a comedian and send in jokes. And so I, I would do that. And then I, I was on the road for like two or three months because when you work in roads, you got to go out for months. I don't know what it is with trucking, but you got to go out for a couple months to make good money. And I came back in and I was tired and it was late and, I only had a week off the road and um, I grabbed uh, my mail, opened it up. And there was a, there was my, uh, my check from uh, the tonight show for my first joke. I sold oh, <laughs> it was super a big it was fun. cloud yeah. nine. I bet, huh? It was great. Yeah. And oh. I call, he calls assistant and say, Hey, what joke number seven, one, eight or whatever. And they tell you, Oh, that was the, the Super Bowl joke or whatever. So I was like, Oh, I got it. Got, got something. So nice. That sounds very cool. So you talk about bouncing back and handling setbacks with humor and resiliency. How do we do that? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow. Well, uh, well, you know what? Um, 
comedians are perfect to talk about this sort of this issue because we that's kind of how we learn our job is is by failing i mean there is no real comp people have courses and stuff but really the only way you can learn our job is by getting on stage in an open mic night where someone the audience hasn't paid money and we're not getting paid and then you can test out your jokes and your timing and your material and really see if you're any good at this. Uh, other other industries don't have an open mic night. They don't have an open truckers night, do they? Hey, jump up there in that big rig and drive the Colorado Rockies right now and we'll see uh, see how you do. <laughs> it might no. go over though, because I imagine that there, there are a lot of drivers that love to tell jokes. They love to tell stories. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, but no other business, you know, there um not a lot of other industries that's, you know, you learn your job by just doing it and there's no other real training. Um, so we learn, we, we bomb a lot. We fail a lot in the beginning and you have to learn how to um, avoid it. You have to learn how to um, uh, make sure it really is a failure because, you know, so many times um, we walk away kicking ourselves and it wasn't what it seemed, you know, you really have to pay attention mm -hmm. to that. Um, yep. When I moved out to LA, I, uh, I moved out and I moved into a um, 400 square foot studio apartment. You know, it's the size of my laptop, I think. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, three places to, to sit as long as somebody had to go to the bathroom because they had a, ba a chair, a, a, a couch and a toilet, I think, or a futon and a toilet. Um, I looked like a big loser, right? But I did it because it was very cheap. It was only a few hundred bucks a month, like $400 a month. And I knew when I moved to LA, I was, I didn't want my, uh, my rent to put me out of the business and I'd have to go waitress or something and make sure. money. I wanted to stay in the business. So I looked like a big loser, but I really, I really, well, I knew I wasn't. So sometimes we get uh, kind of conned into it and people um, think, you know, you're, you're, people kind of, make you feel like you're a loser yeah. and you're really not like you've made a mistake um we used to hang out at the la improv on melrose and one night they they have these uh everyone was getting a deal and what that is is a development deal where um a, a, like cbs or nbc looks at you and says hey we we like you we don't know what to do with you here's it could be twenty thousand it could be a hundred thousand bucks here's a development deal that means you're going to stay in town you got money to stay in town you don't have to go on the road and we're going to find something for you sitcom or some kind of show for you so everyone that night at the improv was getting a development deal and you know people were like oh i'm going to cbs nbc i was getting i got nothing i got I, my deal was at cvs uh, you know 15 percent off i think and <laughs> I'm, I'm really depressed i'm like i'm really depressed it's it, so by 11 20 or so i leave and i'm driving home walk into my 400 square foot studio apartment and i flip it on the tv and lana was doing one of my jokes and I'm like, ah, I got something too, Wow, you know, but we forget what we have and we start mm -hmm. to let other people make us feel bad. So you have to make sure it really is a mistake, a real failure before you start kicking yourself. And what I a think wonderful the, thing, as soon as you got on, turned on the TV, there was one of your jokes. It was one like, of my jokes that I wrote. And I'm telling like, you, hey, <laughs> you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, you know? it's just That's... not it's just not as obvious. You're not going to get this hundred thousand dollar development deal, you know, so you really have to ask some questions, you know, did it? help you move towards your goals. What does it feel like to you? Do you, you know, do you feel like you made a mistake? Uh, review your experience, of course. Uh, make sure that, you know, in the past, is this how um, things worked out or not? Um, and get some distance. You know, don't start kicking yourself when something goes wrong immediately. You got to put some time between it. It's also understanding that failure is part of success, right? Yep. And and if you don't believe in yourself, regardless of, you know, these little setbacks, um, you're going to crash and fail like big time. You have to, in, in my opinion, you can't listen to what other people say or their ideas of, of dreams and goals and how things should work. Only you know what's right for you. You have that inner guidance, that feeling that kind of overwhelms you and say, you know what, this is okay because what did I learn? What can I do better? What, you yes. know, you try and change, change the, the course of thought, your thought patterns. And um, I think that's really one of the bottom lines of, of success is not is believing in yourself. Regardless. Yes. You, and your thought patterns, that's a great uh, point you make, because you have to change your subconscious thought. You have to stop focusing on what went wrong. You have to start looking at what what has gone right in similar instances. 
um, I mentioned the bar gigs, you know, they're called one nighters, you know, <laughs> sounds bad, but it's actually a bar gig uh, <laughs> where, where you go in and you do comedy. Well, the problem with these one nighters when I started was, uh, you know, the, the comedy club would be like a Tuesday through Sunday night. So Monday night, the bar owner in the local town would invite the comics over. We pick up a little extra cash and the bar patrons get some uh, comedy. The problem is they don't, they didn't know how to advertise them. So, you know, people that show up at the bar actually looking for a one-nighter <laughs> get comedy instead, right? And so, <laughs> I, you know, you, they, they might have a post-it note on the wall or something. And so you go into the bar to, to do comedy. And also what else happens on Monday night? Monday night football, right? So they right. turn off the game and they'd send you up. And it was awful. They were horrible. Most <laughs> people in the bar, were, I was clean. I'm a clean comic. A lot of people were, were drunk. I, I have nothing against drinking. I love a beer, a couple beers, but... Um, you know, they, they didn't go to the bar for comedy. So they, for me, they were awful and I had really bad experiences. So every time I'd walk into a bar gig after a couple of years, I'd go, oh no, this is, this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And I think I screwed up a lot of bar gigs that weren't going to be bad because my brain, I kept thinking back to the times it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I had times in the bar gigs when it did work, but I never paid attention to that. So you got to focus on the times it worked. And stop thinking about the times that you feel like you could it, it could have gone better, you know, sure. um, in order to move on. Otherwise, you just every time you go in that situation, you're going to think, oh, gosh, it's going to happen again. You know, and you really are what you project too, right? Because yeah. if you're already thinking like that, your whole energy, your whole vibration is like is in a downward s- spiral. People can feel that. They right? can they, absolutely they draw feel on that. that. Absolutely yeah. feel that you, you're not confident, that you don't you don't want to be there. Um but, you know, other ways of, to move on as well. I mean, you do have to change your, your sort of your mindset, your subconscious mind and thinking mm-hmm. uh, and, and think of the times it went well and really repeat that and think of a lot. Jay Leno never talks about it, uh, never watches a video of a show that didn't go well. He said, why would I watch that? That's not what I want to do. Um, but but I do say you have to acknowledge it. If it didn't go well, you know, your subconscious knows it didn't go well, but acknowledge it only to analyze it and learn from it, not to beat yourself up. Um, yeah. acknowledge. Okay. And, and sometimes you, you think, ah, oh, I'm, I'm going to just bury this. I, I did a show one time. It was a week long show. The club owner was there for the first night, which rocked, went really well. Every show after that was horrible for me. I had, I just didn't connect. The audiences just weren't, it just wasn't my crowd. In fact, the Friday night, the first show went so bad. I went and changed my shirt because I thought I'd get a little better energy for the second show. <laughs> yeah. It turns <laughs> out it wasn't the shirt's fault. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it just wasn't a good mix. Well, the club owner comes back in town for the Sunday night show, and I rocked again. So the only shows she saw were good. So she yes. went back there, and she's paying me, and, and she said, well, how'd the week go? And my first thought was, well, she doesn't know they went bad. I'll just – and then I thought, nah, I got to tell her. So I said, you know, Lisa, I said, I just don't do well in your room. I don't know if it's the crowd or whatever, but I just don't do well. And she looked at me without missing a beat, and she goes, I know, Jan. You don't, but I love your material. I love your act. And I will continue to book you. Do you wow. think I felt like a million bucks? Because yeah. she, if I had lied yeah. and walked out of there, she's still, she's going to get the comment card. She's going to know it didn't go well. Yeah. But you feel better when you acknowledge it because mm-hmm. you're not hiding anything if you don't yeah. acknowledge it. But, sure. but don't beat yourself up. You might get a nice yeah. surprise like that, but you also get a chance to, okay, that didn't, what else? Pick three things. You know, uh, Richard Simmons, the exercise guru that used to do all the exercise yeah. oh, yeah. stuff on TV. He said he, every day, pick three things that went right, three things that went wrong, and that's it. And well, think about those and let it go. Um, and, so and you really have to. You had to feel so good. She was being a champion for you. You know, she mm-hmm. leaned in your stuff. You she know? did. She That's the way she wanted, because I was a very clean act, and that's the way she wanted her room to go. And so she knew it was a little learning curve. And if I was, she felt like if I was willing to handle it every week for a couple times a year, she would keep booking me. And just a great, great soul. I really liked her. Um, you know, so that it's, was it's part of training in a sense, whether you're training for a career or training for, like you say, like for, for what you do for a comedian or whatever um, you, it, once you like for, for me example, I've learned last year to operate the biggest 
uh, greater in the world. Well, my trainer sees my mistakes. He sees me struggling, but he just kind of, he'll let me go until I figure it out until I, you know, I, I stop yeah. wobbling the wheels and I get it. I, I'm getting stronger and better. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm, I'm one of the <laughs> really good operators. Whereas before I got like two windrows going on. I got, you know, I'm wobbling all over the road, trying to get blade control. Drivers yeah. are going by me, looking down at me, shaking their head, thinking, what the heck is she doing? Right? <laughs> oh. And I'm yeah. like, just give me a minute right all of a sudden you're driving a house (laughs) but you you also that you've got someone to believe in you and and another good way to get through and kind of move on from uh mistake mistakes and setbacks is to connect with the network you know comedians laugh about our bad shows we never sit around and talk about the shows that went great i don't talk about the time i was in front of 4400 people i talk about the time that i had a bad show in front of you know 30 people and we have fun and we laugh about it but we also makes us feel connecting with your network and making sure you have some people to talk to candidly it it lets you feel like okay you know i'm not the only one out here making mistakes i'm not the only one out here bombing i had one of my worst shows ever when i started out with my um relatives in the crowd which is not who you want in the crowd right (laughs) (laughs) horrible but my dad they were my dad's cousins and they had come with some friends and I just did, uh, I shouldn't have been featuring. I was, but I wanted the money and, you know, tried to stretch my 12 minutes of material into 30 and that doesn't work well. <laughs> and it was, it was such a bad, it was such a bad experience. Um, and I, but I had my friend Rob that night in the hotel, I called and I was like, oh God, it was, it was torture. And he said, would well, you get to go back tomorrow? I said, oh God, yeah, I have to do this again. And he said, good, you get another chance at it. Um, and they'd cut my time down to 20 and I did great, but, uh, you gotta have a, a network, you know, you gotta have a few, just a couple people that you can call and, yep. and talk candidly and, and say, this is what happened. And, you know, how do I get out of this? And, and chances are they've had the same experience, you know, a, a listening ear that understands rather than thinking you have aluminum foil on your head. You know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing in this? You know, because you you do run across naysayers and Debbie Downers, and it's like you don't want to talk to people that say, "Hey, I can't." I want, yes, I can. Yeah, um, yeah, that's huge. and yeah, you and you need someone to pump you up. I, you know, like I said when I started, there was no there was dial up AOL and no cell phone no cell phone was the size of of your truck i think kathy (laughs) remember those they were huge (laughs) yeah yeah the big ones you pull the antenna out you're like yeah 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 and they were like eight dollars a second so you really couldn't talk unless you know 911 i'm stuck help help click (laughs) Uh, but uh but i had a book that i would cut out like um cartoons and little motivational quotes and things that i had and i could refer to and i had my little book with me of all the all these different uh, motivational things and things to pump me up that I would look open up and uh, read and go through when I was feeling down just to kind of help me um, get my head back together. So something that helps you motivate you as well. Uh, maybe it's a, some TED Talks, maybe it's something else, but to kind of, you know, get your head back in the game. Or this show, people listening to this and, and getting yeah. inspired. You know? Yeah, yeah. There, it's having a place to go so that you know that Yes, I have value. Yes, I can do this. And no, I'm not crazy. Because I think the world tends to pigeonhole and label people. And there's a lot of negativity. Yeah, right. And and realize that one mistake isn't your whole, usually isn't your whole career. You know, one, I mean, I've had some, I've had some bad shows. <laughs> and I'm, you know, 20, whatever, six, seven years in, I'm still, I'm still here. I'm not famous, but that really wasn't my goal. My goal was to make a great living and and I'm probably the only comedian that doesn't like working nights and weekends. So, <laughs> and I do a lot of the keynotes now, so I, I, I'm on during the week, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, figure out what your goal is with the whole thing. I mean, it, did it did it hurt you? Did it help you? Did it move you forward? But it, realize that it's just one piece. It's not everything. And there, there are so many people who give up after um, a few failures. I mean, so many oh, people that give up and yeah. they spend their life talking about how they, what they would have liked to have done. Well, you can't, you, you can't uh, quit after just, you know, a little bit of um, un, unsuccess. <laughs> um, I saw a quote by uh, Rosie O'Donnell years ago. It was, in my, it was in my book and it said something like people, comedians ask me, 
how to be a successful comedian. And I say, quit now, quit. And she said, because I say that because if I can make you quit and tell you how hard it is, then you're really not motivated to do it, you know, because yeah. you're going to have a lot of roadblocks. And if you're if you're so easily swayed that I can that someone can tell you to quit in one incident, you know, you're not going to do this. That's right. You know, on uh, I work for 13 hours a, a day or night and for 14 days straight that's that's my work rotation mm. and so we don't have a lot i'm sitting in equipment so we listen to the radio of course right we have sirius and i listen to howard stern when i'm in the grader because in the truck they don't give it but anyway um what i really like about i don't listen to most of his shows but i listen to his interviews and because he's such a good interviewer and um he interviews a lot of comics of comedians like jerry seinfeld kevin hart and it's doesn't matter how big they are. Failure is a major part of their success. They right. talk about it, how hard it is and how they're, you know, in the beginning and how hard it was get, getting on stage and getting booed and or whatever, you know, getting heckled. And, but they yeah. still, like you say, they don't give up. They keep trying and they know it's part. It's, it's a big part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and there are people that uh, open mics when I start out, there are people that bombed all the time and. And someone said, maybe we should just tell them they're not any good. And I'm like, no, they can keep bombing if that's what they want to do. Or maybe they'll find something in comedy they can work in. Maybe they won't be a comedian on stage, but they'll find their niche if they keep their eyes open and see what other what's out there. What else is uh, how else they could be involved Mm -hmm. in the comedy world um, if that if they're not going to make it on stage. So or flip, flip that switch in perspective and try a different angle. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Do you think part of it, too, is women don't always trust their own instincts? Oh, good point. Good, good point. I think I think it's getting better. But I think uh, at least when I started, probably there's a you have to you have to I think you have to trust your own instincts and certainly listen to some of the noise. But there's an awful lot of people that want to tell you how to do your job <laughs> that oh. I've never done your job. No, no you kidding, know, are, yeah. there are there are a lot of people that want to tell you how I have people come up, you know, well, if you talk slower, if you do, you know what? I've been doing this for 27 years. I got it. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. right. I got um, this. <laughs> yeah. But, but when you start out and you, and you start to listen to it and, and, um, and you, and I think you, you've got to kind of question, squelch, squelch, squelch the noise a little bit. Um, interesting story. I, I worked when I did these bar gigs, you know, I would have my butt handed to me uh, a lot of times. But there's another guy I worked with who he, um, he was, he'd rock. He'd just do really well in these bar gigs. And I'd walk away from the bar gigs going, you know, that's not really what I want to do anyway. So I'm doing it for the money. I'm trying my, you know, and very clear on what my goal was with the bar gigs. I needed the money. But he, but this guy would just rock and he was great. Fast forward about 10 years later and I'm uh, in Vegas, working Vegas. I got my name up in lights on the strip. I was at the um, Excalibur Hotel. It was great. My picture was up, really fun. And um, I ran into this guy. He was out there just visiting. And he said, wow, because I see your name and your picture in lights up there on the Vegas strip. He goes, I swore when I started out, I was never going to do any pot jokes. I now have 60 minutes of pot jokes. I can't get booked in Vegas. And he, because he wanted that immediate gratification in the bar gigs to do a bunch of beer and pot jokes and, and go for that audience, not really knowing what his goal was, you know, his goal was to make them laugh. And, and so he molded his act to make them laugh in that moment. Whereas I said, no, my act, this is what I want to do with my act. And, you know, I'll eventually move out of the bar gig. So. Excellent. So you need to know where you're headed. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Know what, know what the final goal is and, um, and, and make peace with what, you know, what, uh, what's happening right now. And, and the way I talk, you think I don't like bar. I really do like uh, beer and wine <laughs> and vodka, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just an interesting experience, but it, it was interesting to run into someone who would, who had wasn't clear on his goal. And aside from, he wanted to be the funniest person in the room. And I was clear on my goal is like, okay, I know I'm not going to be the funniest here in this situation, but that's okay because this is, I don't want to stay in these, this, situation. I want to move to different venues. Sure. You know, I think sometimes people um, also what stops them is that they focus on their past success and they don't feel that they can reach that level again. You know, all they see is their, their, their greatest moment up to date, 
um, say, I'll give you just a random example. Say you're, you speak in front of 5,000 people. Well, in the next few years after, you only speak to 1,000 or maybe 500. People always refer to their past highlights and focus on that rather than try and working with their current situation and trying to catapult themselves in a different way in a different different um, steps in, in trying to reach that. That, that right. success isn't always what you did in the past, but success is a whole variety of things, right? What's what 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 guides you to say that this is not a success, whereas this was, right? It's all right. A success. Yeah. Right. And and it's, you know, I'm always amazed at the um, comedians who have huge success and they keep building on that, you know, and, there, and then there's a lot of comedians who have one big success and that's it. And they keep pointing to that. You're right. You can't yeah. kind of live in the past on those. You've got to, if, if, you know, you want to stay in the business and you got to keep sort of changing and morphing and, and yeah. figuring mm. out what your next path is. Uh, keep it exciting. Yeah. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Great leaders challenge their people not to stop at the first right answer. Tighten the Lug Nuts is the book that will help you move past that first right answer to be more effective, more productive, and more successful. This book serves as a blueprint that can be easily applied by leaders, entrepreneurs, truckers, owner-operators, all of us in our everyday lives. This is one of the best leadership books you can read to help you accelerate towards your personal and professional goals. Plus, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to truckerschristmasgroup.org. Visit tightenthelugnuts.com to order your copy today. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Maybe that's part of it. People don't always evolve or they don't necessarily know who they want to be when they grow up or they're afraid yeah. to be that person. It's like, you know, I had these great ideas when I was seven, but I can't do that now. You know, they talk themselves out of it. And, and you know, another thing for people looking to change careers who, like like you said earlier, you, you were, went to marketing and then all you knew deep inside you wanted to be a comedian um, and you finally did. It's not necessary. People stop themselves from, oh, I'm too old to do this, or they yeah. hit a point, oh, yeah. you know, I, I've passed that niche market. I, I'll just stay in my comfort zone in this job that I hate. Well, Ugh. you know, when I when I was 42 and I and I couldn't go back to nursing, and like Shelly, you just said, what do I want to be when I grow up at 42? Well, yeah. I ended up going to career planning workshop to figure it out. And <laughs> the next thing you know, she gives me a sheet. I had to be a heavy equipment operator. My aptitudes, I'm like, what? You're kidding me. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. I just about fell off my chair. I'm like, that's the most ridiculous career change I've ever heard of. I said, I'm 42. I'm a woman. I don't even like equipment. I said, I'm not mechanically inclined. I mean, and you're getting, that's a man's job. I said, your test is wrong, right? So I push it back to her and she, the woman gives me a look. She puts one hand on her hip, raises the eyebrow and says, if only you believe in yourself a little bit, Missy. <laughs> you see, right. <laughs> so I, I'm sitting there with my arms crossed, thinking I just wasted three days. <laughs> like here I am, like what a waste of time. So she puts on a Les Brown video of, of three. Of oh yeah. Video. It's possible. That's all it was. And so I went from sitting with my arms crossed thinking, to all of a sudden thinking, well, you know, I, I'm a good driver. I used to raise cars. I could, I could drive a truck. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I allowed myself to open, to, to be open to the realm of possibilities. And that changed everything. The yeah. minute I opened up my consciousness. And so she sent me to Women Building Futures, a nonprofit where women actually get into the non-traditional trades. And the, because I allowed myself to be open, well, the day I walked in, Exxon Mobil standing there paying for 16 women to take this heavy equipment course of 12 uh -huh. weeks. Well, son of a gun, I got picked <laughs> out of 170 women. I mean, okay, albeit, I, 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 you want me to do a backflip? Sure, I'll do a backflip. <laughs> Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. So that, the whole point is that I, I let myself be open to the possibility rather yep. than shut myself off, yeah. regardless yeah. of the fear, the unknowns, the, you know, what if I fail? Actually, there was never what if I fail. It was just, okay, you know what? I'm going to be open. I'm going to try this and we'll go. With well, it. you know what? There's also, there's that. It's great. We've had a lot of career changes. <laughs> it's, it's great though, that because, and just because you're exploring something doesn't mean you have to do it, you know, but, right. but don't shut it down right away. You could have gone to that and said, oh. It really isn't for me. All you did was waste a couple of days. All right. 
But people yeah. are, are so easy to shut something down that's so different instead mm -hmm. of going, well, what is this all about? Because most of us don't know what what different careers and such are all about. We have what we think they are about, um, but we don't know. You know, people all ought to be a comedian, but they don't realize that there's a lot of driving. There's a lot of waiting around. There's a mm -hmm. lot. I spend more time marketing than I do writing jokes because it's more about your business skills than it is about being funny. There's a lot of funny, funny comedians who have never ever gotten out of open mics because they don't want to do the other stuff, the other hard stuff. Right. But right. It doesn't hurt to to take a peek inside something else that sounds interesting. You never know, but you know, don't I, just. I was really there. surprised out of the sixteen women that got uh, got picked to do this twelve week course. Uh, most of them, except for one, I think a good 15 of them were all midlife change in career. One was a, she'd been a staff sergeant for, for the Edmonton police service for 25 years. And she retired at 55 and decided, you know what, I'm going to try something else. And here she was, we had a red seal chef with people from the military. We had a postal wow. office worker. We had, you know, just bait and me, I was a nurse. I, you know, you go from nursing to operating the biggest ship <laughs> in the world. I mean, that, that's a, both ends of the spectrum here. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you, you just never know. Yeah. You got to be brave and courageous and feel the fear and do it anyway. That's my motto. Just do it. Yep. Shake in your boots. Puke if you have to, but yep. just do it. Yeah. Right. If you, if you really want to do it, like, you, you know, and there's going to be, and you got to do the stuff you don't want to do to the scary stuff yeah. to get to the good stuff. I mean, the stuff that or or the day-to-day drudge that yeah i don't want to do this but in order to get to the good stuff you know um and right. to get to the thing you really want to do and you know what's interesting when we run across critics it seems like the critics they're their own worst enemies they don't want necessarily other people to succeed right so, so they want to mm -hmm. you know discourage um it's it's much easier to just kind of wallow um, I think my mother used to use that phrase, wallow in the mud, you know, <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. out there and do something, you know. Yeah. And you know what the critics too, I find are the ones that have, have never done your job. They, they want to yeah. tell you how to do it. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, I had somebody uh, years ago, write A really scathing book review on what my book on uh, writing humor, this person, and I didn't see the review for like a year. Cause I don't look at that stuff. And so I didn't, it didn't hurt me because I didn't know it was out there, but I looked at them, you don't, you've never written a joke in your life. How could you go and bash something? They're just trying to be mean. There's people out there trying to be mean yeah. for me, yeah. or they just don't want to see other people it, get ahead. You know? It's the green eyed monster. They're jealous. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Because so. maybe secretly they'd like to do that. Yep. But they would never admit that, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, people, a lot of like, just from all the interviews that I listen to, not just on Stern, but on other things, because I, I really, I love to see how people succeed. I want to know their story. I want to know all about mm -hmm. how do they, they uh, face their failures. Well, I'd say mo uh, pretty much all of them, nobody reads the, the critics, the reviews, because they're all negative. Right. And right. if you start focusing yeah. on what other people say and, oh, you should have done this and, oh, you're terrible, get off the stage or, you know, you're horrible. What do you think you're doing? And um, right. It, it'll pull you down. Oh, sure. So, right. you know, you got to, if you want to stay out of neg negativity, you got to raise your vibrations, rise higher than that. Yeah. And right. Don't I let agree. it, just don't let it phase you. Whatever, man. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, and I'm so tired of everyone has to review everything every day. And I don't, I want to get to a point where I don't want, I don't want to see your reviews. I don't yeah, care. I don't, I care. don't care. I'm doing my thing. Did you like it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Then, you know, the audience yeah, loved it. Great. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what you, what you're, you have to say about it. Just, oh, just, just. how do the millennials, millennials say this? Whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But you know, if you wait, if you wait, all it's going to get is you're going to get older. It's that's it. So yeah. move on what you want to do now, because uh, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier as you get older. Um, no. They, well, you know, it, you know, it's really interesting how many people at a certain age, they just, it's almost like they start packing it in. Mm -hmm. like, well, my life's, you know, eh, I'm, I'm looking at the nursing home. It's like, uh, that's really, what a goal is that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my that's God. Years handsome. Come on. Uh, I know. Yeah, it is hard to. Um, 
Well, Jan, just know in your heart that whenever that day hits for you, you're going to have the whole nursing home in stitches, right? There you go. <laughs> you're going to be yeah, the absolutely. life of the party. And, and I can do the same jokes over and over because the memory That's issues, right. Because you know, they'll forget. So right. Every day it'll be a comedian show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the bright uh-huh. side of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jan, um, we have a couple minutes left here. Um, I want people to be able to find you. And maybe if you have a, a last couple thoughts of uh, words of wisdom for women drivers, uh, because I'm sure they would just love to pick your brain. Well, I, I'd love to hear from you, uh, people. Uh, you can find me at my website, theworklady.com. Nobody can spell McInnes, so Jan McInnes. So uh, I, I came up with, I used to do a lot of office humor. So uh, theworklady.com. I, one thing I've just so enjoyed, and send me an email, jan at theworklady.com. I'd love to hear uh, hear from your, your listeners. One thing I've um, really enjoyed about my job doing this stuff, the, the keynotes and comedy for corporate, is I get to learn about all these different industries that I, you know, I knew of, but I didn't know much about. And this trucking is cool. I mean, you guys, you have the scariest job on the planet. I was telling Shelly earlier, to me, you have a scary job. And uh I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. So my hat's off to you um, driving all those miles and, and handling what you handle and, and not losing your getting ready for road rage because you've got so many crazy, stupid drivers on the road. <laughs> um, but uh, use your you know, use your time uh, wisely, I'd say. I guess that would be my advice. Um, the good thing about getting older and taking something up is we realize the value of the time we have and the free time we have mm-hmm. younger comics they would be up party i didn't start comedy until i was in my 30s get on the road so i'd be with these younger comics who party until two or three in the morning and sleep until two in the afternoon i realized the value of time i mm-hmm. had because i was now self-employed so i spent i didn't i'd go to bed by 11 or 12. you know i was sure. i didn't do the late nights party stuff uh a lot and so I think you, we we all need to realize the value of time that we have left and what makes you excited, what makes you happy. Um, maybe it's a hobby that you want to turn into something full time. Maybe you love what you're doing. You don't want to change it all. Great. But figure out what, what why are you spending your valuable time on this planet um, and make peace with that. You know, people always say you got to find your your um, passion. I think that's too hard. I'm lucky I found mine. It sounds like you you both have found yours. Instead of searching and searching for your passion, find, stop right now and decide why do you do the things, why are you doing what you're doing? Maybe you like the hours, but you hate the driving. The um, Maybe you like the money, but you hate the uh, 70,000 miles a year driving or being in a different city all the time. Find out what it is you like about it and make peace with the stuff that you don't like and understand why you're doing what you're doing. And so the life doesn't slip by and you go, wow, I should have been doing that. And if you don't like what you're doing, start taking some baby steps to move Mm -hmm. uh, in a different direction. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jan. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show and talking with you. You've got some fabulous insight and wisdom. Thanks. You guys were a blast. I enjoyed uh, talking with you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to check out that house that you drive there, Kathy. (laughs) There you go. Well, I'll shoot you an email and I'll mail you a book of mine when I get back to Canada. (laughs) Oh, super duper. Yeah. That sounds great. That's like the plan. Cool. You've you've been absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. You made my day that started out kind of wobbly a hundred percent better. Thank you oh, so much. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it works. My work is done today. I can go off. There go you go. I cried or something. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super, you guys. Take care. Thanks again. All right. Bye bye. We hope everybody's enjoyed this episode. And if you want to hear more episodes of Women Road Warriors or learn more about our show, be sure to check out womenroadwarriors.com. And please follow us on social media. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at sjohnson at womenroadwarriors.com. Mm-hmm.